Welcome to the Money BS Podcast, where I'm on a mission to get rid of the unhelpful thoughts we've been taught about money. I'm your host, Master Certified Mindset Coach, Belinda Smith. I help my clients make their first dollar and their first million dollars. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Welcome to the podcast. I'm trusting that whenever you find the podcast and when you come across the episodes, they're exactly what you need to hear at the exact right proper time. And today is one that I hope uh, gives you a little permission and that encourages you for um, in these times. I wanted to talk today about why it's okay to be sad. And wherever you are and whatever time you're listening to this in the world, right now we're we're, uh, maybe three weeks in to the invasion of Ukraine from Russia, Russia invading the Ukraine. And of course, I am... um, in the United States, and all I all we get to know about it is what our news shows us, and so I'm sure that there's way way more heartache and sadness than than I can fathom. But still, what I've seen it just breaks my heart. It's just really hard to it's hard to watch. It's hard to understand. It just ugh, it's just awful. So I don't know. I don't know where we'll be when you hear this, or you may be in this time. But one of the things that I've been coming up a lot for me and my clients is just pure sadness. And my friends, I should also include my friends too. But just we're sad. And for me, I've been sad. And there's no other way to we can't get around it. You know, you can. I know that you know we have to work. We have to go ahead with our our. Our, our plans and our um, commitments and obligations, but still it doesn't take away from the fact that there's just something sad going on in the world and it really affects all of humanity. And a friend and I were talking uh, the other day and she said, well, it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. There's nothing I can do to help the situation, but I also feel terrible just going on about my life. And, you know, and we just sort of began to talk about all the different things that happen where we feel like we're, we're sad, but we can't do anything more. You know what I mean? So when, for example, when my mom died, people were so sad for me, but there's only so much that people can do beyond letting you, allowing me my sadness. All of us are in those positions at one time or another. How do we allow someone to have their grief and still keep going? And so for me, I think that's just part of the human experience and we all try to figure it out the best we can. But today I wanted to, I went ahead and just marked out three reasons why we shouldn't be told nor should we be trying to quote unquote snap out of it you know, snap out. How many times, oh my gosh, how many times have you been sad? And someone looks at you and says, it's okay. Like, look at all the great, great stuff you have. Like, why are you sad? You have so much to be grateful for. And you just kind of want to throat punch them at that point. Right. Because, oh my gosh, yes, I have a lot to be grateful for, but it does not take away from my human experience. So yeah, kiss my butt. Um, <laughs> the first reason though, I'm going to, going to break this, this into three things that I was particularly thinking about in, in light of allowing ourselves to be sad. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going off the deep end, that we're doing anything that's unhealthy because sadness is an actual part of uh, humanity. So the first thing that I want to point out about sadness is that it 
does allow for us to have a contrast between you know, good and bad. So if we, if we were always happy, if there was never any, you know, if it was just a straight line across the horizon and this is how we felt all the time, we would feel, we wouldn't feel sadness nor would we feel gladness. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> we would not feel though. We, we wouldn't feel the range because if we only felt happy all the time, then we wouldn't know how to like what big excitement feels like, but then we would not also be able to honor sadness you know, I want, okay, again, I don't mean to, you know, not to belabor it, but when my mom died, I wanted to feel sad and I did feel sad and I didn't want to correct that. When I'm not trying to think that the greatest thing in my life has ever happened to me, when that happened, it's fun to get that rush. It's fun to feel like, yes, this is awesome. So kind of looking at those things uh, at the, um, at the ends of different spectrums or end of the same spectrum on either side, being sad allows us to feel and feeling is part of humanity. So before you discount, before you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be sad about this anymore. Or I just got to snap out of it or I'm, you know, annoying because I'm sad or whatever. Just give yourself a little bit of grace to know this is humanity. This is the human experience. And if we didn't have a range of emotions Everything would just be right here. Just blah, right? <laughs> I don't think I've ever, well, I did sing one other time on the podcast. So anyway, the first thing I just want you to always know that sadness allows for the contrast. Great joy allows for contrast. And it's okay to be on either side of it or in the middle. It's all natural. The number two thing that, okay, this is something that was going around, it's gone around on the internet a few times, and I'm not sure, uh, I was fascinated by it the first time. And so there is a, a photographer named Rosalind Fisher, and she actually began uh, through some, you know, a set of things, uh, experiences to photograph tears, tears under a microscope. She thought, wouldn't that be interesting to, to photograph those and kind of see what they look like? And it turns out that each tear has a very different molecular makeup. And I'm going to actually link to the article where I found it. It's out of the Smithsonian Magazine. But the writer is a Joseph Stromberg. And it was a really interesting article that includes photos of different pictures. I mean, a different, different tiers. So, you know, that you have the emotional tiers, you have just the normal tiers, which keep you hydrated. And then you have like the onion tiers. <laughs> I'm not going to give you like the science because no one really cares, right? Tears of grief and joy triggered by um, positive and basal tiers, which are, you know, that's the keeping you lubricated and reflex tiers are like, yeah, onion tiers secreted in response to an irritant. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I went ahead and did it. So, you know, <laughs> however, so when we come to tears and it's like some people are like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. I'm not going to, you know, how we do. And, and some, some people even feel a little shame in crying. So I thought this was a really interesting, um, you know, opposite you know, re response. How about that? That's the word. An interesting response to that. Um, the photographer Fisher saw, she saw tears, you know, all the different categories, but this is, this deals with our sadness. Emotional tears 
have been found to contain protein-based hormones, including a neurotransmitter, which is a natural painkiller that is released when the body is under stress. Isn't that fascinating? Like we are actually allowed to cry and that releases a neurotransmitter, which is a natural painkiller that is released when the body is under stress. It's our, our bodies are so amazing. Amazing. I can't even stand it. How, how interesting we are. So, so when you think about like, I'm sad, I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh, no, I don't want to cry. I don't, you know what? Just big fat cry already. It's okay. It, and your body is actually helping you deal with the stress that you're under. Allow your body to help you. Allow your body, again, uh, allow your humanity and let your body be part of that. The, um, Another quote that I thought was so amazing from her. Let me find it here. I wrote it down. Um, Okay. Fisher says, y'all pay attention. This is so great. Tears are the medium of our most primal language in moments as unrelenting as death, as basic as hunger, and as complex as a rite of passage. It's as though each one of our tears carries a microcosm of the collective human experience, like one drop of an ocean. Okay, I'm going to read it again because you're listening and you may have missed it. Okay, one more time. Tears are the medium of our most primal language in moments as unrelenting as death, as basic as hunger, and as complex as a rite of passage. It's as though each one of our tears carries a microcosm of the collective human experience, like one drop of an ocean. Isn't that, I hadn't even thought of it, but tears are a primal language. And, and again, they're coming as unrelenting as death, basic as hunger. I, I think that so often we are, we just try to like not feel our feelings and, and try to push it down. You know, it's shameful that we were sad. It's, it's embarrassing. It's all those things. But the truth is, Again, it's part of our uh, the collective human experience. And so I want to invite you, you know, if you feel like crying at any time, man, just go ahead and cry. Just cry it out. It's no one else's business, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've found that um, sadness allows us to do is to actually slow down and uh, and consider people. So I, the, my favorite example, I don't want to say it's my favorite, but it's the most glaring example that which I've ever lived is when... Again, mom, I keep bringing her up. She'd probably be really happy. I hope that I'm (laughs) like, oh my gosh, stop talking about me. But anyway, like these are just very real experiences for me. But when she had cancer and we were going to the back and forth to the the hospital and the doctor, I remember sitting in the waiting room, you know, several times. And I remember looking around at all the other people and families, you know, everyone there had a cancer diagnosis, every single person uh, in, in every single patient and every single person who was there had a relationship to a cancer diagnosis, be it, um, you know, able to be handled or not handleable. What never happened in all the time, in all the, the, the two and a half years where we were going through that no one in the waiting room ever started to argue. No one cared about politics. No one wanted to argue over parking spaces. No one was was mad. Everybody was just there again in their in our collective experience. And when someone came in and they felt particularly worse than anybody else, 
Everyone in that room would look to the sick person and say, go ahead, you have it worse than me today. Every single person. It was 100%. um, It was like empathy. Hey, I know what you're feeling and I want you to go. In our sadness, we are actually able to consider other people's feelings, to actually slow down and look at, you know, sort of, sort of look at things up close, you know, oh, wow, it didn't occur to me that someone else may be having a bad day too. This is the thing that I did in traffic. Okay. This isn't quite as sad, but in terms of slowing down. Okay. And knowing how sad I was during this time. Okay. I'm really sad. And then all of a sudden somebody thinks it'd be fun to cut me off, just cut me off. And then, you know, it, you know, when, when you get cut off in traffic, it kind of scares you. So it kind of makes you mad at first. But then one day I was in traffic and we were stopped and I was going to be late for work and all of this stuff. And there was th- this woman pulled up around, put, pulled up around all of us and she was weeping. Like in her car, you could see she could not stop crying. And it was a moment for me to go, you know what? I'm so full of myself. You know, this person is experiencing great grief and I'm just like wanting to get to work. I just want to go to work. And ever since that happened to me, pretty much anyone who like cuts me off in traffic, I give them that benefit of the doubt. I mean, you know what? Maybe someone you love is sick. Maybe you're having a really bad day. Maybe you're sad. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're tired because I want that grace extended to me as well. All this, again, to say this is part of the experience, but one of the beautiful things about sadness is it does allow us to slow down and kind of see that you know we're all trying to get through. We're all trying to get through the same way, arguing about things and being pitted against each other for um, over words, over a bunch of words that you know, people keep arguing. If you listen to one particular news channel, you don't listen to any other, you know, over the, the words that you hear in that echo chamber, those are the things that are making you upset. These are words and these are people who get paid to keep us upset. They get paid millions of dollars to make us constantly feel like crap. Mm-hmm. It's true. Millions, millionaires are getting paid to make us feel like crap. As long as we buy into that, they're going to keep doing it. But when I step back and when I'm in a, a situation of sadness, even when I'm sad over that, even when I'm sad that we're arguing about things that the people who are feeding it into our brains really ultimately don't care about as long as we tune in because they want the advertising to keep paying for it and to pay for their big salaries. When I stop and look back and think, you know what? You have someone who's died in your life. You have disappointed somebody, someone has disappointed you. And no matter what you're saying, there is some shared humanity with each one of these, these people. Now, listen, some of these people, we got to bring down to the, like whoo, the bottom for me. <laughs> okay. Layer after layer after layer, but still we're all on the, we're all in it together ultimately. So, you know, this week, like I was saying, it's been a particularly, um, thoughtful week for many of us as we see what's coming in on television. I've had other times where it's been a particularly thoughtful week and I just didn't want to feel better. I wanted to be in my sadness. And the worst thing would happen is I'd be like, you know what? I'm just sad. Well, what can I do to make you feel better? Nothing. I just want to be sad. Oh, but you don't want to be sad. Look at all the things you have to feel great about. You know, it's like, no, I just want to be sad. So today I'm giving you permission to be sad. I know you're like, wow, this is sort of a bummer. No, the truth is 
I support you. I'm with you. And just, it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay. All right. All right. I'm going to stop using my first grade voice. I'm going to go back to my normal stuff. We'll be back with all the cool things again next week. But, you know, sometimes we just need, need to take a pause and talk to each other like the humans that we are. Cool. All right, beautifuls. I will see you next time. Hey, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I'd love it if you'd invite your friends to listen in. Remember, it's not about the money. It's about the mindset. If you could use some personalized support around this area of your life, I do have some limited number of openings and I'd love to talk to you and see if we're a fit. The link to book a chat is in the show notes. Also, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Y'all know that every star counts. All right, I'll see you next time.